0: Holiday.
1: Hello, everybody. Quiet Storm.
2: There is your son. There is your mother. He trusted his God. Let God deliver him now. You son of God, save yourself. Save us. We deserve our punishment. It is justice But this man Is there nothing wrong
1: Jesus Remember me When you come to your kingdom
2: I tell you this Today Today You shall be with me, in paradise. My God! forsaken me with my hand
1: For the baby boomers You remember that that scene? Could you guess? You have an idea what movie that was. It's one of my greatest epic movies on the life of Jesus Christ. Do anyone that's listening remember the movie? Let alone that scene on the cross. What touched me more and still touches me today about that scene is the serene quietness. The serene quietness. And when you look at the movie, And the movie had many stars. Max von Sydow or Sydow played Jesus. Sidney Poitier played, I guess, somewhat Simon, the one that helped him with the cross. You had great actors. Jose Ferrer played King Herod. Powerful, J- Charlton Heston, one of my favorite actors, <laughs> actors, played John the Baptist. Many actors was in this film. Jesus, the greatest story ever told. I was going to say Jesus of Nazareth, but this is not Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, with Robert Powell. This is The Greatest Story Ever Told, starring Max von Sydow or Max von Sydow. Robert Ryan played John the Baptist in King of Kings. I was finna say his name, but Charlton Heston played John the Baptist in this movie, The Greatest Story Ever Told. I remember years ago when I was young in Christ in Mobile, Alabama. And this lady, she was about in the eighties then. Had videos. I remember videos. Of course, some of you do. Before they came out with the DVDs and the CDZ, CD, uh, the CD, excuse me, and the cassette tapes. They had these. They had video. And we used to go to Blockbuster. Remember Blockbuster? Wow, man, I'm going back. And used to rent out movies from Blockbuster, but she had a movie, this movie called "The Greatest Story Ever Told," and I, I, I was often looking for that movie, and it always touched me. Well, touched me so much, not only the the good, the outstanding acting in this movie. Now, when it come to Jesus. I don't know what was Jesus' character was like or his facial expressions or nothing like that. But back then, you know, I took that as the way Jesus was, quiet somewhat. When it came to the word of God, he was stern. He didn't smile much. He was tall. And that's the depiction I had of Jesus Not so much as color I wasn't so stuck on color, you know But that was the depiction But most, everybody had Jesus Caucasian We have to be honest, he was mostly Caucasian But that wasn't, a, that's not what I'm talking about I'm not worried about Into that But that's the, that's the picture I have Had of Jesus You know in the greatest story ever told You know Tall, quiet, stern, humble, but, you know, very meek with courage. He was pictured kind of in the greatest story ever told as, spiritual, kind of walking spiritual, but not so much that he wasn't untouchable. Like some movies make Jesus, especially in the older movies they make like he's untouchable. He's walking around with a halo on his head and he don't smile he don't talk, he don't laugh. And I don't like when they portray Jesus like that, you know. Now the Bible doesn't talk about Jesus laughing. It says Jesus wept, which is the shortest verse in the Bible, but it doesn't talk about Jesus smiling, laughing, nothing like that. But I, I know He did. You know, so movies can kind of deceive you, not purposely, but it's the way they... holiday. Picture Jesus. So they made Jesus that way because there's only so much of description and character. They can make Jesus when they read the Bible or they look at historians the way they put Jesus. They make Jesus look somewhat boring. And I'm not saying uh, this Jesus was, but I'm just saying a lot of movies that depicts Jesus. They make him look boring and they make them just look stern and just with a stare. Robert Powell, and Jesus of Nazareth, I don't remember him really when they showed him blinking his eyes. And they, they had an interview with Robert Powell about that. And I, I used to wonder, man, who he, he? I'd never seen nobody just stare and look that long. He had those blue, sharp blue eyes. But he never really blinked. And he talked about that. I don't remember what he said, but he never really blinked. But that's another that's a, a portrayal of Jesus, you know. He had a stare that was just bone, especially when he read uh, the book of Isaiah. Now, those are good movies for spiritual entertainment, but what I have learned is they're not so much biblically accurate. So, Biblically accurate, you know, far as that. I don't know if they even really claim to be because it was made for Hollywood, and I think they looked at Jesus and Moses and characters like that. So mostly Jesus, some like a a Gandhi character or t- Mother Teresa, a good person, a good person believed in God and stuff like that. Because that's all. That's only how far they can go because a lot of of the movie makers was not saved. I don't believe they was. I don't believe Cecil B. DeMille was saved. I don't know, I could be wrong. You know, George Stevens, was he saved? I don't know. I really don't know, but that's how they, uh, George Stevens is a make of this movie of this sin. I just let you hear or let you hear because you he can't see it. But for the ones like the Baby Boomers on uh this is one of the old epic movies. And they don't make them like that no more. I, I just don't. They make, they make Jesus, uh, I, let me just put it out there. They make them more in a human aspect. There's nothing wrong with sin. But it's just so much adding to it. Now they done that back then, you know. But uh, uh, but this it's it's more adding to it. So people that looks at movies, and I talked about this the other day. Most unbelievers, I think, believers should know better. But mo- you know, I know some don't. Too, but most unbelievers see the movies like. The the especially this last one that just came about the chosen or the passion of the Christ, and they think the majority of it is from the Bible. But if if some people get saved their that way, that's a blessing. That's good, and they will come into the knowledge of the truth. What's what's really going on? But a lot of them picture Jesus that way. James Cavizio, Robert Powell, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, Max von Sydow. You know, those type of characters. I forgot the guy that played in King of Kings, real handsome young man. They always try to make Jesus so handsome. You know, the Bible doesn't say how handsome he was or nothing like that, so um, I forgot the other guy that played in King of Kings. But those movies stood out. Even before I was born, they stood out when I stopped watching them. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth came out about probably 10 years or so, or even more after the greatest story ever told. I think Robert Powell was younger than Max von Sydow. You know, and then a lot of other Jesus movies. You had Jesus movies before that that I used to watch in the thirties and the forties and everything like that. But most majority of the Jesus movies I seen in the past, they had them mostly f- spaced out. He was like so holy. He, he didn't talk. He didn't smile. Like he would. Like it was almost a sin for him to smile. And that's how they portrayed Jesus because that's the Jesus they looked at or they felt that was Jesus when they read certain historians or listened to certain histories of the Bible. A lot of their teachings and their stories and history, like the Ten Commandments, came from, you know, historians' views like Josephus and Eusebius, and I think it's Eusebius and different type of teachers, so they just added that. They read some scripture, but they listened more to the historians or the Maccabees. And, you know, those type of the lost books and stuff. A lot of those characters are made from books like this. Not so much the full Bible, but what the historians said, what happened in between. They call it the lost years, years, how they figured Jesus was doing or how he looked or how Moses looked from those certain historians. From what I have heard about from certain historians. Okay. And, uh. That's how they come up with a lot of these movies back then, old epic movies, you know. Remember The Robe, Samson and Delilah. A lot of you listening to me probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but for the ones, the baby boomers on up, know what I'm talking about when I talk about The Robe. Richard Burton, a thespian, The Robe. (laughs) It was always my damn Oh, bad impersonation. Richard Burton, The Robe. Movies like that. Uh, Samson and Delilah, which I'm going to do a Bible reading, a short Bible reading on Samson Delight, Delilah about a day or two, Lord's willing. You know, stay tuned for that. And uh, those great epic movies, you know, a lot of them was made up. A lot of them was fictional. Then they made a lot of King David movies and stuff like that. Back past, they used to call them epic, the great epic movies then. Now. The reason I played that scene, it's an impulse. I didn't plan this. You know me, I'm an impulse person sometimes when I do a podcast. But it's like an impulse because I look at this movie over and over and it touches me, even though I know a lot of it's not biblical. But I was looking and I went I, I kind of, how was it for the Jews and the disciples that walked with Jesus and remember, his crucifixion was kept hidden from, according to the book of Luke. His crucifixion was kind of hid from the 12. God hid it from, from them for a reason. And I'm not here to do no teaching on that. So I can imagine how hurt they was. Peter was still surprised when they captured Jesus and talk to the court because all along was looking for that messiah they believed that he was the christ the messiah their king their promised king from the books of isaiah and all that they knew that but they was lost on the crucifixion they was lost on everything else they seen this man do miracles they seen this man teach that, that the teacher they never heard before they seen all that they heard that he was coming, and they believed but when it came to the crucifixion, there was i could say supernaturally hid from them. They knew a lot of other things, but that part was hid from them, so that's why we have to understand that's why they was hurt that's why they were shot that's why they ran they scattered. They understood it later on, but they scattered. See, the one they believed in, it brought doubt. Now, people they get on uh, Thomas and call him doubting Thomas. Why do they get on Thomas? Thomas said they one thing, and he got a bad reputation, and history started calling him doubting Thomas. Peter and all of them doubted. Peter probably doubted more than Thomas, but that did not uh, that did not mean he wasn't a follower. So Thomas got a bad rap because Peter and all the disciples denied him. But Peter, the one said he would not. And Jesus told him he would do it three times, deny him thrice, King James. Three times had Peter done it. Unbelief came. Unbelief. That king, that that's supposed to have saved them and set up the kingdom, which is now in the future now, the millennium kingdom. That's the kingdom they were set up for. But for some reason, his crucifixion was kept hidden from them. So when I see this scene, I didn't understand that then. But as I look at the characters, even Sidney Poitier and all them looking at Jesus and that serene, quiet, that serene, quiet. It was very quiet. That's why you didn't hear a lot when I first opened up, because I wanted this scene to play out like that. It was real quiet and it started getting dark. Many scholars and many believers believe God had to turn his back because he can't look at sin. sin. How true that is, I don't know the Bible, just not said that, so I try to be, be careful. That could be. I believe there's some truth in that, but I'm not going to say that's that's the main reason. There's many aspects of that. This was a very eerie, but glor- joyful, spiritual time, but sad. It was sad. Not done the teaching on that. What side of the cross are you still on? Many people are still on that side. They can't get over how Jesus was crucified and had a done. Them. And I just looked at everybody looking at Jesus. Beautiful scene. I can look at it and get teary. Teary because it touches me. So I can, I can't imagine, but I can somewhat feel how they felt when they seen him on that cross. Nailed to the cross.
0: only at BJ's.
1: There's hands or the wrist. Many uh, many teachers or past scholars believe it was the wrist. Wrist. That it was nailed in. But I don't know that for proof. Maybe, maybe not. I just know he's not on that cross anymore. But my point is him hanging on that cross. Bloodied. Disformed. Disfigured. beer poured out. See, they made him. They, it wasn't near the way he looked on uh, uh, greatest story ever told. They didn't get graphic like that. Only gr- most graphic uh, person I seen, and others tried to follow, was the Mel Gibson movie Passion of the Christ. Like I said before, and that was whew, That touched me when it starts pulling the flesh out on with those different things, whatever like that. But uh, my point is. When Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's in the Bible. I forgot right off here what, what gospel it is, but it's in one of the four gospels. Maybe a couple of them. That tells me he felt alone. Now, did God ever leave him? Many scholars and believers believe God turned his back, but he felt alone. He felt by himself it could be because of the sin, but he God was there, but he felt like he wasn't there. Like we feel today sometimes, God, where are you? But this is the son of God. God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He didn't just say that for nothing. That's the first time he felt separated from God. I really believe that. That's the first time he felt separated from God for him to say that. Then he said a little later unto you. I commit my spirit. In other words, I give you my spirit. In other words, I'm not dying because of this suffering. I'm dying because I'm giving it up on my own. Then after that, he said, it is finished. And I try to teach on it has finished me that all the sins have been dealt with. Everybody's sins has been on Jesus. All the sins. What happened after Jesus died? The Bible says he went down to paradise. He went down and took care of business down there. And uh, that's another teaching. But I go get into that now. He didn't go. He had to. That's why when. Because Mary came to him, he said, touch me not, I have not gone to the Father yet. He took care of some business before that. No, a lot of Pentecostal charismatic charismatic teachers teach that Jesus went down and suffered in hell. That's not the Bible. No, he did not. So that type of teaching is not true. He didn't go down in hell. Okay, so Jesus didn't burn in hell, suffer in hell. A man that was sinless is going to suffer in hell. Jesus never sinned. But he said, yeah, but he had all the sins on there. He didn't go to hell for our sins and suffer. No, he was a sinless lamb. When he went down, he didn't go to hell. Okay, let me just put it that way. But that's, that's not biblical Bible teaching. Jesus didn't go to hell. He didn't have to suffer in hell, you know, like a lot of charismatic teachers teach. Uh, but that scene it's so strong today. It's touching the day. But I want people that's listening to me, that awesome, powerful, serene, quiet scene, what I don't want people to do is keep him on that cross. You can watch this movie and all night you think about that scene. Even though they have a shorter him- version of him being resurrected, it's not the best special effects or they shown going up in the air, but that's how the special effects was. And it was very short. You know, they played the great hallelujah song and all that and everything like that. Uh, And Jesus going back. That means he's victorious. He's going to heaven. He's going to take care of business and stuff like that. But many people, I believe, don't focus on that. They focus when he died and they leave him on that cross. Even some believers still do, even though they believe he died for their sins, it's hard to get them off that cross. I understand that. I got I, I really do. I understand that. It's hard to get them off that cross. That's why it's important to learn how to understand each side of the cross. Because if you don't get Jesus off that cross, you're going to stay in the four gospels. You're going to stay in his earthly ministry. And the only thing you're going to remember. About Jesus is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because you keep them, you kept them on the cross. That's how many people don't read Paul's epistles. They don't know that's Jesus working through Paul, Jesus talking through Paul. Okay, they don't know that. They can't accept that. They think it's Paul. They call Paul names from what I heard. They call him this, call him that Paul many times, several times, says, as I follow Christ, you follow me, follow me as I follow Christ. God was giving him, God Jesus was giving him revelation all through his ministry. All through his ministry. Jesus was talking through Paul. But many believers in church, only know the Jesus and the four gospels because they leave up on the cross they go by his signs and wonders and his beautiful teachings which is not for us today but we can learn from his principles they leave him on that cross which is a very touching scene it touches me still today but I don't leave him on that cross but it still touches me now, if I keep playing it over and over and over, I'm keeping them on that cross. But I don't play it over like that for that reason. I don't play that scene over and over. I look at the whole movie because even though it's a lot of act living by Max von Sydow and a lot of them in there the in between like the historians was taught, and a lot of it's not biblical, it's still strong teaching. Acting sometimes confuse can, can people and even get a person saved even though it was at living and lead them to the real truth of the word of God because of strong acting and I think the greatest story ever told in my opinion and Jesus of Nazareth in my opinion is two of the best Jesus Bible movies that's not really fully Bible biblical but you could still get touched by them. but don't 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 think it's the Word of God all the way through. God don't want you to get saved off a movie. If you do see a movie like this, let it lead you to the truth of what really happened. That's why I'm going to do a lot of Bible, reading on this show now so you can know. Now that scene, I'm going to do a little short Bible reading on that so you can know. Out of the four Gospels, because it's which each person in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, uh, see it in a way it's still all the same, but it's how they looked at it. You know, some more than others when it comes to the four Gospels. Many believers don't even know that. See? What did Jesus really say? Some of the things that uh, in greatest story ever told, Jesus did say that. See? Some of the four Gospels don't even go that far. Luke probably go farthest all of them because Luke get into when the graves, people start coming out of their graves. Matthew, Mark, or John, I don't think, get into that. But Luke goes a little deeper. Luke goes a little further, I think the torn curtain and everything. Yeah, a couple of them do, but I think Luke, you know. So that's what you have to understand, because what you might read out of Matthew, you might not get it. And that's all you might think that's really happened. But you have to go to Luke, and then you'll see a little bit more. You start saying, oh, I didn't know that because I only read Matthew. It's important to read all four of them, because they got a meeting, a meaning They call Matthew. Mark and Luther synopsis gospels because they are close together John is somewhat different, it stands out, son of God God rebuking, teaching, proving that he's the son of God proving that he's the Messiah proving that he's the king, so they call Matthew, Mark, Luke, more like a synopsis gospel, that's the name they give it, you know, you can look at their word yourself, but I guess they kind of synonymously go together They kind of go together and everything. I'm not making up my own words, (laughs) but they kind of go together. Or they call it another word. It's the harmony of the Gospels, the harmony, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the harmony of the Gospels. Okay? So when you see that, when you see that scene, let me do something here. Uh, Look at Jesus of Nazareth. YouTube it, Google it or whatever, but YouTube it and look up Jesus of Nazareth and just look at the movie. I'm talking about believers now. I want the unbelievers to really know what the word of God and what Jesus said. But, you know, if you're a movie buff like me, you know, the believers are ones that saved who I'm talking to. Look up Jesus of Nazareth and just look at the movie. I'm going to tell you right now, it's pretty long. It's two hours and something, two, a little over two hours. And it might be boring to you. It's nothing exciting or whatever. It's mostly his teaching. And it's real quiet. Real quiet. It's kind of eerie, real quiet. Jesus of Nazareth got more music, but you got to remember Jesus of Nazareth with Robert Powell playing Jesus, the one that stares with the cold, you know, uh, penetrating blue eyes that never blinks. Jesus of Nazareth. That movie is over six hours, uh, six hours long. So it was, it was a series, I believe, in the 70s, in the mid-70s. So it, they put it together. It would be about six hours long. If you have the patience to look at the movie, they are good movies. They are not biblical all the way. A lot of them, just a lot of atlive because they trying to go in between. What did Jesus do in between that's not in the Bible? So a lot of them, I believe, it's been proven by Ten Commandments, they get there a lot of in-between or the, uh, the dark years, or they just said the in-between that you don't know about. They add they live or put to it some by historians that, Knew some of the history that knew this person, knew that person, that person knew this person, and they just told a little bit, whatever, about what was going on, the time had looked and stuff like that, and then they came up with this move and they added a little bit more. Okay, so, you know, they're not biblically incorrect a lot, but the majority of them, when you watch them, yes, it's not really biblical. When you take out the ad lib, and, and some of the added, uh, uh acting literature that was spoken is not in the Bible, but it has a strong meaning. But you don't go back and say that's the word of God. You got to be careful with that. But just you have to be mature enough as a believer of the body of Christ to just look at it as entertainment. Just like you look at a lot of other decent movies like Gandhi, Mother Teresa. You might say, OK, what they're doing is not biblically the way we should be doing today, but these people meant well. They thought they was doing God's work. You got to understand, uh, but it's not the Bible, but they thought they was doing God's work. All right? So why are you going there, Joe? I don't know. It's Like I said, this is an impulse. And I just said, let me just talk about that scene, because that scene touches me a lot. I told you, the body of Christ is real talk. I looked at all kind of stuff, and then I put a biblical perspective to it. I believe you could put a Bible perspective to almost anything, basically anything. But you got to know how to study the word of God. It's a perspective to it, you know. You know, sin is sin. Trying to do good and trying to do right is trying to do good, trying to do right. You might not be righteousness in the eyes of God because all righteousness is filthy, rags in the eyes of God. But the beauty about being in the body of Christ is God is not looking at us as, as a righteousness, righteous person, because he see Christ in us. Our righteousness is not our righteousness is what we've done. We have the righteousness of Jesus. We have the righteousness of Christ. So we don't have to please God of trying to be right because he see us. He see what Christ done, the blood, what Christ done. So we don't have to worry about that. They had issues with that in the past, so we don't have to worry about that. They had to try to be righteous on their merits and on their good works. So it was like a condition, conditional righteousness, but we have been righteous. We are righteous in the eyes of God. We're justified in the eyes of God. We're sanctified in the eyes of God. We're going to be redeemed and glorified later in the eyes of God because Jesus took of all that. Before that, the whole world's forgiven, but we got added nuggets that's even more our blessings. Our material blessings and spiritual blessings are future, okay? They are future. Majority of spiritual blessings is future, which is much better than the physical blessings that most believers are trying to get today with all this prosperity teaching. Now, our blessings is future. We will be blessed in spiritual with spiritual blessings in a heavenly places, okay? All right, all right. Powerful scene, Jesus of Nazareth. Good acting. I recommend this movie. Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. I go. I mean, The Greatest Story Ever Told. Because those two are some some of my best uh, favorite uh, Jesus Bible movies. In order. Greatest Story Ever Told. Jesus of Nazareth and King of Kings. With Jeffrey Hunter playing King of Kings. Jeffrey Hunt, I believe his name, played King of Kings. All of them got good outstanding actors in it, but good entertainment, spiritual movies. Not biblically, not fully biblical, but good entertainment, spiritual movies, okay? But don't think it's the Bible. And I'm talking to the unbelievers because you know, that's very important. Don't get a movie. Don't let a movie be your sound doctrine. Let me say say this again. Especially believers, do not let movies... Or historian teachings, even though some of our teaching, even though some of our good, you know, or Sunday school teachings or stuff like that, take over what the Bible is really saying. All right. Be careful. Be careful. All right. OK. Now, I'm going to try to end this with uh the soundtrack, man. Oh. And green on this and movie and not this baby. soundtrack <laughs> not, not, not this but I'm going to skip this ad and I'm going to end it with this the soundtrack of uh, the greatest story ever told God bless you all love you all and I'll be back for a salvation call bye bye
2: Thank you.
1: God bless you all. If you never receive Jesus as your Savior, this is the best time to do it. Do not leave him on the cross. He has been resurrected and he died for our sins. Believe of what he done, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, and you shall be saved. Believe and receive. And you will be saved. God bless you all. Peace and love. This was the greatest story ever told. And it's still ever been told now through his resurrection. God bless you. Peace out.